Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. Today's guest couldn't be more perfect for this time that we're facing right now in the middle of this global pandemic. Uh, Miriam Shulman actually witnessed the devastation in New York City after 9-11. She has some amazing tips to help bring you peace and calm amidst this time of anxiety and fear that everyone in the world is, is feeling. Her tips are amazing, so I can't wait for those to unfold. Also, um, she makes some great points about why she feels we need to create something before we consume social media, news, or anything else. And we'll talk about what that means, even if you're not creative, even if you're not an artist. So this will definitely apply to you. And we'll also go through some of the soul-searching questions that she asked herself post 9-11. And those soul-searching questions led her to abandon her very successful financial career for a life of passion and art. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest, Miriam Shulman abandoned a hedge fund career after witnessing the devastation of 9-11 to work on her art full-time. She rejected the starving artist myth, and her watercolor and mixed media paintings have been seen on NBC, Amazon Prime, and published in top art magazines and home decor books nationwide, actually worldwide. So please join me in welcoming Miriam to today's Mind Muse podcast. All right. Welcome, Miriam. Thanks for having me, Christy. It's so exciting to be here. Yes. So we're living in some interesting times right now where, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, we're either in the middle of a huge global shift or we're in the aftermath of that global shift. And it'll probably take a couple of years at least to shake it out. Right. And, um, Miriam is so interesting in so many ways, but Tell us a little bit about your story about 9-11 and also working in the World Trade Center and how things feel a little bit similar right now. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, um, for your listeners, just so you know, I, I am, I'm 51. That's how I'm old enough to have been in the World Trade Center. Not she does just- not look at it look at, I'm looking at her and she looks not a day over 35. <laughs> oh my gosh. Things are, it's going to look like a few more weeks of this quarantine, Christy. I mean, I'm going to look like the crypt keeper. Um, my eye, false eyelashes have been falling out one by one. I cry every time I see it in, in the sink and my, my roots are growing out, but anyway. And so you're in the I, epicenter too. Like this that's is That's what I'm saying. No, and now like, I'm looking, I'm so um, I've been spraying my roots with, I have white roots. I've been spraying it with spray. I have to go online as soon as we're done with this, that's I'm getting more spray. <laughs> and I'm also researching, um, any black market hairdressers. Cause you're, they're not really legally, you're not legally supposed to have anybody come to your house, even like right. one-on-one. I, I don't care anymore. It's like doing oh a drug deal. It's like sticking exactly. in the back. Right. Exactly. It's like the drug deal or the, <laughs> the back alley abortion. I, this, I need this. And I don't care. 
and I will pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yes, this is the world we're living in. You have to have a sense of humor through through all of this. You just, you just do. You do. You do. Yes. Okay. So, and I think we've taken care of our toilet paper needs because we discovered that my husband's paper supply, well, we basically, he told me the other day that we have basically three weeks of toilet paper and then we're we're done in in the house. Um, so his, his office supply company will actually, um, deliver toilet paper. He just has to be there to receive the, anyway, we don't need to discuss our toilet needs, but we have it a plan it was in good place. comic relief though, during this whole right. thing. Like, why is everyone, why is it zombie apocalypse over toilet paper right now? Like, you know, who knew that this is not perishable so foods important. or non-perishable foods. It's like toilet paper. Okay. Well, th- well, thank God I'm a vegetarian and nobody likes the food that I eat. You know, like I'm not <laughs> fight. No one's fighting with me over the broccoli and the pinto beans. <laughs> so, okay. Back to, back to what we're talking about. So I, I am old enough to not only was I working during 9-11, but I actually was working during the first bombing of the trade center back in 92. And it was the lessons I learned then that kind of um, gave me a different mindset when 9-11 happened. Should I, can I take the story back yes, that far? Please, please. Okay. So in 92, I was not an artist. I, I, I don't know how you're introducing me <laughs> during the intro, but right now I am a full-time artist and I teach online art classes and I also help artists build their own businesses selling art. But at the time I worked for, in 92, I worked for Solomon Brothers to, in, the, in a very intense trading company, pretty much like a Michael Lewis novel. So this, the, the actual people he writes about were, that's who I interacted with. So during the first bombing, I happened to be eating lunch in the cafeteria with my girlfriend. The lights, the power went out in the building. We thought, and they told us it was a Con Ed failure. So we believed the fake news of the Con Ed failure, and we walked up, Christy, 30-something, I don't remember the exact floor, but 30-something flights of stairs back to our desks to, to go back to work. If you think, oh, it's a Con Ed failure, we're young, I, I'm in shape from step classes, because that's what we did back in the 90s, and let's get back to work. When, we, when I got back to the the floor that's when we could actually look out of the window at the world trade center that had been bombed and i could see that people had smashed the windows that there was smoke coming out of the tower that there were helicopters so this is, by the way this is the first the first bombing not the not the what year 90 92 not the not the 911 attacks a lot of people don't remember there was that first one that happened and in my office they were still working and they expected me to sit down at my desk and go back to work. So uh, I was like, bye Felicia. I grabbed my purse. (laughs) I was out of there. But when 9-11 happened, Christy, I remember being in that culture of you work no matter what. And when 9-11 happened and people wonder who are not in corporate, who do not work in New York City, um, why didn't they evacuate that second tower after the plane hit the first tower? And it was that mentality that I witnessed during the first bombing that you just go back to work. You work. So th- that was 
that was such a moment for me when 9-11 happened that if, and I happened to be on maternity leave when 9-11 actually happened, but I, it could have been me mm-hmm. that did not va- evacuate. The, and I wasn't in the second tower, but it's still, it's the same thing that by the grace of God, that's how close I could have been. And that was a culture that I decided I was going to reject and I did not want to go back to it and I didn't want any part of it anymore. So when 9-11, after 9-11 happened, that was kind of like a huge sign from the universe to me not to return to corporate life and to find something that a more meaningful way to, um, it, more meaningful way to pursue my passion in the world and to do something in the world that would have more meaning for me. Yeah, it's so true. I can remember 9-11 and I wasn't even in New York, but it really felt like we were about to fall off the edge. And that's why right now it feels very similar. And this is a very defining moment uh, in people's lives where how we respond right now during this time, when, when you look back on it, it's going to define you. It's, you're going to say what, how you act during this time, because at the other side of it, we don't know when this whole thing is going to end, but we do know it's going to end. And at the end of it, you hopefully you're going to evolve by the end and be stronger and more resilient. So that's what reminds me so strongly uh, about that time right now is, is we're basically in another moment like that, where I remember post post 9-11 New York was a very scary time because we, we didn't want to ride the subways. We're afraid of a second attack. We like you always, you had that fear, but you can't let the fear define you. You still have to move forward. Yeah, it's so true. And, and fear, I mean, that fight or flight response that we have, you know, fear can keep us frozen. And so how, how do we, how do we work through this? What were some of the strategies that you found in post 9-11 that maybe we could learn from this and apply those now? Yeah, well, 9-11, what people used to do, for those who don't remember, it was like the watching of the burning of the towers over and over and over again. Do do you remember? Oh yeah, it was nonstop on the television for weeks. Yeah. Right. So now it's the same thing. Um, It's kind of like there's a tiger out there. Yeah, there's a I mean, there's no doubt. Yes, there's a pandemic going on. There's something scary going on. But every time you turn on the news, it's kind of like peeking out of the cave and saying, is the tiger still there? Yeah, he's still there. Look how big and scary he is. Oh, and he's actually eating somebody, you know? So that's, that's what it is. But at the same time, there's always things going on in the world. Like I remember when 9-11 happened. And so there was about 3000 people who, who perished um, in the towers. And I remember somebody telling me, and I forget the exact news item, but oh, did you know that wherever it was in the world that, you know, several thousand people died in this earthquake or whatever it was, or this mudslide, or there, I mean, there's always things like that going mm-hmm. on. And for those of you who are listening or thinking, oh, no, no, this is different. Every day, I just heard this um, statistic, um, Christy, just the other day, every day, 100,000 people die for whatever reason every day. But we're not sitting there watching the news saying, okay, today, 
6,000 people died of a heart attack and 10,000 people were hit in a car crash. And yet that's what a lot of us are doing every night. We're watching the news and we're looking at the numbers like, and making it mean something more than maybe it needs to mean. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Well, it's also like watching water boil. It's like, you know, people are looking at the case count and the death count and then the, the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ and like, right. So what shall we, what shall we focus on instead? Okay. So I would say, first of all, if you're feeling anxiety to limit your news consumption, like really think about what your news diet needs to be. Um, and it's very addictive. Like my husband, I'll tell him, don't, please tell me this isn't your third segment of CNN. You know, he'll go from, um, Anderson Cooper to, to Chris Cole, whatever his name is, like Chris Cuomo's basement. Um, so, you know, limiting your news diet, limiting other news sources. So my 20 year old, 22 year old daughter took Facebook off of her phone because that constant source, it's not just the official source of the news, but then there is the even more anxious friend stream of mm -hmm. a version of the news, which can, you know, people are expressing their, their worst fears right now. And there, and you can really get sucked into that. So definitely limiting your news source. And I think that, sorry to interrupt. I think that's no. great for all time. Like I, totally. I stopped watching the news like years ago and I yeah. haven't missed it. I still can keep on top of what's going on you know, through looking at headlines or just peeking here and there, but definitely limiting it, especially during this time. I feel like I'm more in the news than usual. Yeah. But I can't imagine if, you know, I had been in the news for years before I, my consumption would be through the roof. So this is like also a consideration for moving into the future. Like, yeah. So limit, limiting the news yes. is uh, your, your news source. So it does not mean you have to delete your Facebook account, but consider taking it off your phone. Consider oh, yeah. taking the any kind of news apps, whether that's Twitter, uh, CNN. I don't. I'm sure all the news people have their own apps. C consider taking those all all sorts of news off your phone. Um, the second thing is, and this is very would be very good, I think, for your audience, Christy, is to create before you consume. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think is very important for us to do as human beings in general. Uh, is that we were born to create. That is really what's separate. And we've been doing it for thousands of years. You know, the, there's art in the caves. So to, to create something before you consume, because that is going to give you tremendous feeling of empowerment. And when you create something, it's a sense of control when you're actually going through the process of creation. And that creation can take many different forms. It does not have to be a painting. It, it could be just baking cookies. That's a form of creation. It could be writing a page in your journal. If you do journaling or morning pages, it doesn't have to be a masterpiece is what I'm trying to say. Any kinds of, any kind of creation is going to make you feel more in control, more empowered. Yeah, that is such a great point. And it's so funny because our last episode, we talked a lot about creativity. And so for those listening to this, go back and listen to that one as well and really take in that creativity. Like Miriam has a lot of tips around creativity. She's an artist, but we all have a creative life force. And we, as human beings are, as, as you said, born to create. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're, we're going down. I, I didn't plan on doing the five tips or whatever, but we're up to number three. You ready? Good. This is good. Okay, fine. <laughs> right, we can keep going, right? Um, number three would be affirmations. So as human beings, one of the greatest powers we have, and I'm sure you talk about this a lot on, on this podcast, Christy, because it's the Mind Muse podcast. One of the greatest powers we have as humans is the ability to choose our own thoughts. So using affirmations in during this time to choose those more empowering thoughts are more important than ever. So, and by affirmations or mantras, I'm not talking about the yoga ones, you know, just the, just, you know, um, the, the words, but actually thought positive thought sentences that will help you. Do you have a, a couple of, of affirmations that you do every day that you, that you want to pass on? Yeah, I have a list of 10 in my freebie. Oh, good. Shulmanart.com forward slash calm. You can actually grab 10 of my favorite affirmations right now. Perfect. That's awesome. Okay. All right. So that will give you, and some of them are probably really good ones that will help you not just during this crisis at any time, like uh, that will really help you step into that moving forward. They're kind of like the Nike just do it affirmations, but none of them are just do it. Good. So, okay. Awesome. Thank Great. you. And I'll put that link in the show notes for people. Perfect. I was not planning on dropping that by the way, but I'm so glad I got to. It's perfect. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the, so what are we up to that? The third one is after the first one is limit your news diet. The second one is create before you consume. Um, the third one is affirmations. I would say that the fourth one is any kind of decluttering. Do you talk about that, Christy? Oh, yeah. Well, we had an organizer, professional organizer on um, episode 10 or 12. I could be wrong. But yeah, it go out, go for it. Go for it. Okay. It's, it's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. So by the way, we were talking before we hit record of what a messy person I am. So it's like, I, I am the last person to say I'm a very organized person, but even if you just organize your sock drawer or your underwear drawer, it gives you a tremendous feeling of control and empowerment over your environment because we can control so little about what's going on in the world, not just now, but always. And to have control over your immediate environment can be very calming. Um, so the act of doing it is calming, but also having a more clutter-free environment definitely lowers your stress. Yeah. So I totally agree with this and it, it's interesting just how freeing it is to be able to either donate or just remove it from your line of sight. It helps you think so much more clearly, po more positively. It's an, it's yeah. an amazing practice. So both of my children uh, had to come home from college early. So they are 20 and 22. And one of the first things that they both did was they had all their stuff from their dorm and they, and their room was kind of full. So they, they fill, each filled up a, a bag um, to give away to, to charity of clothes that they didn't want anymore to make room for the things that they did want to make room for. So that decluttering can also help you spiritually declutter. I think what's really powerful is after you've decluttered something physically to then declutter your mind by doing some sort of thought download or morning pages or whatever kind of journaling. Do you, do you talk about that too, Chris? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more 
about your morning pages too, for, for those that may not be familiar with that term. Okay. So morning pages is from the Julia Cameron artist way technique. And she found that you really need to kind of clear off that dust off your, off your brain before you can enter your creative practice. So artists who may have some sort of artist block or writer's block, she found that it was very powerful to begin the day with morning morning pages. I know that there are a lot of people who find journaling first thing in the morning a very powerful way to just clear off the brain, know what it is that you're thinking. So you kind of bring it up to the surface. It's kind of like popping that spiritual pimple so that you can see what's going on and then move on with your day. I find that journaling can be a very powerful way of if you are ruminating on things and perseverating on thought on negative thoughts, that once you put clear it off your brain, your brain kind of says, okay, I know it's written down. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's so true. So true. Okay. So speaking of writing it down, so that just made me think of a fifth thing that helps with anxiety. And that is creating a schedule for yourself. So that is kind of a way of clearing your, creating a plan for your day. But for the same reason that I just said about if you are ruminating on a negative thought, writing it down is a powerful way of kind of throwing it out into the world, getting rid of it is that if you have something to do, what your brain will do until you write it down, it will, it will keep kind of replaying it over and over again. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's part of that little reptilian brain or the monkey brain that everyone talks about. That's trying to keep you safe. And so it's, it's probably your brain's probably like afraid you're going to forget. Exactly. And then what happens, I don't know if you're familiar with David Allen's getting things done. Mm -hmm. That's where I first learned that what happens if you have something heinous to do in your day and you're imagining it, it's kind of like the experience. If I were, if you're, and your listeners can experience right this right now in this moment, if I tell you, okay, imagine yourself cutting a lemon and what that looks like and what that smells like and think about the juice running over your fingers. And as I'm saying this, my mouth is starting to salivate. Is yours? No, because I don't like lemon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like you, you get like that tart, like yeah. if you were to have a tart, not salivate, like you want to eat it, but like right. that you're starting to salivate because of that sourness that if you were sure. actually eating a lemon, what would happen to your mouth, right? Mm. So what, what, what it is, is that your brain does not really distinguish between you're actually doing something and imagining something. So if you're imagining over and over again, because you're thinking about, um, I have to write, whatever it is, I have to write a blog post or give me an example of something maybe negative that you have to do. Uh, wait on hold, uh, calling for something, you know? Yeah. Calling customer service. Yeah. I don't know, making an appointment. What happens is in your mind, you're experiencing it over and over and over again, almost as if it's really actually happening the same way that if I were to, to try to describe you cutting a lemon, your mouth starts to salivate just as if it was actually happening. And that creates a lot of stress in your brain. So by writing it down, your brain thinks, oh, I don't have to think about this anymore. She wrote it down. I know it's going to happen at three o'clock. I don't have to remind Miriam anymore that this is going to happen. So that, that is why writing down a schedule and keeping a schedule also keeps you calmer. Yeah. 
Makes a lot of sense. You know, this has nothing to do with all the things we were going to talk about today. During no, the but it's great. Right? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are, these are interesting times, right? Yeah. Well, what are the two choices that people have in an aftermath like this? You know, there's some people who do this and there's some people that do that. Like what's yeah. really at stake here? What, what is our choice? How do right, we so react? I, I will, sh I will share like with my clients. So I, I coach artists and I have very specific examples right now, right in front of me. It's kind of like the psychological psychological zoo, you know, of what's happening. So I just spoke to one client this morning who her practice involved teaching in person in her home studio and selling portraits. So I, I got, uh, I had reached out to her the other day, hey, how are you doing? And she's saying, I'm doing great. I was like, really, we got to talk about this. She said she just transitioned her class over to Zoom um, for the classes that included art supplies. She created like kits for her students. She puts them in a plastic bag. They prepay them. She, they pick it up from, from right outside. Her. So she's, she's figured it all out. You know, she's like, she says, I'm still getting portrait commissions because, and people are looking at their walls and they're, they're thinking this doesn't look so good in their home. So they're shopping. And then I'll have another client who, who are like other clients who are paralyzed. And they're, and they're thinking those negative thoughts that nobody wants art at this time and they believe it and they can't motivate themselves to paint. So that's like what I said earlier, Christy, this is a time that can really define you right now. You may or may not have the gift of revenue, but you have the gift of time and what you do with your time. This is your choice and how you think about what's happening in the world. This is also your choice. You can choose to uh, do nothing or you can say, hey, this is the perfect time for me to work on my business, to put some systems in place, to um, create a new marketing plan that I didn't have time for. If you have the luxury of doing something creative, maybe this is the time that you work on that book you've been putting off or, or now you have more time for painting or whatever it is that you have, you have the time to create something that never existed before. Yeah, that's so it's, it's beautiful, really. And it's all about our, our, uh, our thoughts and our beliefs. And are yeah. they positive or are they negative? Right? It's just what do you make this mean right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people on on social media in the business world, uh, worried or, um, you know, needing to pivot, you know, not really sure, paralyzed. And then others who are still thriving, you know, and when you look back to the depression, some millionaires were made during that time. Yeah. You know, but it, it, you do have to have some empathy. There's people out there that are, you know, suffering. Right. And so with your marketing and messaging, you don't want to sound tone deaf. Right. Mm -hmm. But no excuses, right? No, no yeah, justification. And, and also to, I feel like it's a limiting belief um, to say that you're taking advantage of people during this time, because unless you are, uh, you've hoarded toilet paper and you're selling that at $50 a roll or whatever <laughs> that, you know, happens to be. I mean, I, I think I heard about some guy in Tennessee that got shut down. Did you hear about that story? No. There was this guy who had hoarded hand sanitizer and he, he filled up his 
garage or something. I don't remember what state, so I don't want to badmouth the state. And it's like I falsely accused somebody. But this was, no, this is a true story. <laughs> Amazon shut this guy down because he was jacking up the price of the hand sanitizer. He had like gone all around to the stores and, and bought and they shut him down. So unless you're doing something that's really evil, if you are providing a valuable service to, to people, like we were saying earlier, I want to pay someone to do my hair, you know, like, and if you're willing to come to my house, yeah, hey, 200 bucks or whatever you want, because I need it. I'm not going to pay for something I don't need. So if you're offering, and this is always true, Chrissy, this is true now, and it was true two months ago, you're offering something that people need and you're offering it at a fair price, they're willing to pay for it. You are doing a disservice to the world by not offering something that fills somebody's need. And that need does not have to be toilet paper. It could be their need is because they want to feel good and your art makes them feel good or your music makes them feel good or your art class makes them feel good. That's important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you make such a good point. I mean, this, this coming from an artist, right? We have this, this thought in society that there's starving artists, but if you can figure it out in a time like this, you can, you can sell your art anytime, any place. And it sounds yeah. like some of your students really are. So they are. what, what, what is the psychology? Can you break, break it down? Like what's the psychology of someone like that? Well, a lot of the things like the, the uh, artists I spoke about uh, who, who's succeeding right now mm -hmm. during this time, a lot of the work that we had done together during our, so she was somebody who was a one-on-one -on -one client and then joined my artist incubator group coaching program. Um, and now she's back to one-on-one. -on -one. It was about building her confidence and working on her mindset, which is why, Chrissy, what you're doing, the work that you're doing in the world is so important because everything starts with managing our minds. And that's the work that you have to do first before you can... Um, you can succeed with your, your business and your life. It's not succeed with your business and then you'll be conf confident. You right. con it has to be confidence first. Totally. And that courage is a muscle that you have to build by being willing to try things that may not work and figure it out as yeah. you go. Not my client who I was talking about, she didn't have it all figured out. She was willing to experiment and see what happens and see where it goes because she had developed that confidence over time to be willing to take risks and have things not quite work out every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that open-mindedness serves people really, really well. I mean, there was a a VC guy that said the number one, uh, way that he could determine if someone was going to be successful is how open-minded they were. And it sounds like this, this lady that you're talking about, she's super open-minded, very open to inspiration and ideas that might come outside of her and internally as well, and willing to act on it. Not just, Oh, that's a good idea. And ideas are as fleeting as the wind, right? Unless you write it down and act, it does you no good. Yeah. So and it's that whole thing that you can, you have to act on them quickly before you talk yourself out of it too. Totally. Right? You have to take that inspired action while it's available to you. Totally. Yeah. So 
So it sounds like courage, confidence, being bold, taking action, uh, you know, and, and not being afraid of failure. I mean, look at all the inventors. How many times did they fail at something before they, they innovated before they invented something, right? Yeah. Creativity takes courage. That's a Matisse quote, because when you are, you, if you are doing something that you know is going to turn out, that doesn't take creativity. That's playing it safe. It doesn't even take courage, right? Yeah. It is playing it safe. Correct. So creativity takes courage and then build, building a business takes even more courage Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, you can paint for fun and and you're not making yourself vulnerable until you ask somebody to buy it, opening (laughs) yourself up for, for that. And it's the same, and it's true of being an artist, but that's the same thing that's, that is true of anybody who's building a business, which is why Christy, I I believe that building a business is probably the best self-development work that you can do. Totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. There was someone that said, yeah, if you really want to take personal development seriously, first get married, then have kids Yeah, (laughs) and then start a business, not necessarily in that order. Of course, no judgment, right? (laughs) Whatever order, but like each three of those, each one of those three things, totally can rock your world and create growth that you would have never imagined possible. Right. I remember my grandfather used to say to me, um, so when I was in my early twenties, I didn't think I wanted to have children. And and, and now of course you, you've heard, I have two children, but my grandfather used to say, what are you going to do for aggravation? <laughs> like, cause he thought that aggravation was necessary, you know, like, and he's right. It is necessary. I feel, you know, like those things in our life that we look at as the painful things, those are what defines us. This moment right now, this is a defining moment that we're living through and it's going to define us. Yeah. Beautifully said. So I know you started your, your, uh, art business in, you know, post nine 11, and you thought that that was like the worst time that someone could possibly think about starting an art business. But what were some of those, what was the real impetus behind it? Like, were there some soul searching questions you were asking or okay, here, here's what's so funny about that. I'm sorry. I have to like cut in right away. Okay. So I was not thinking that at the time it's only in retrospect, looking back that I could have said, that was the worst time to start a business. Mm. The same way people right now might be saying to themselves, this is not a good time to start a business. But I didn't have those thoughts. I was just like, I'm doing it. So it You're was- You're like, I'm uh, rejecting this world that, that that's stays correct. up all night on their laptops and I'm doing something completely different. That's correct. It was like, I was, was rejecting the, um, that you work when there's a terrorist attack going on which seems like so ludicrous the way I put it there, but that exact, it was exactly what was happened, happened both in 1992 and in 2001. Mm -hmm. So, um, what were, what you mentioned when we were talking earlier before we started recording, um, about some, some of those soul searching questions that you asked yourself or, Maybe if your future self, you right now could go back in time and, and deliver to your past self. What, what are some of those questions? Yeah. So, um, 
I had always wanted to be an artist. I just didn't believe I could make a living from being an artist when I first took when I first took the whole path that led me to Wall Street. So this was something I always wanted to do, but I didn't have the belief that I I could do it. And Christy, when I first um, decided I was not going back to Wall Street, it wasn't that I immediately jumped to the conclusion, oh, now I'm going to be an artist. So I, there were some things that I tried, and it's not that I failed at these other things I tried, but I was experimenting before I found my path. And my first thing I tried was to be a Pilates instructor. And it was during that experience when I was working for New York Sports Club and they were teaching me how to sell things because they wanted me to sell training packages. That's when I had my aha moment that like, oh, I, I could use the same sales techniques to sell my art. And I care more about my art than I did about training packages. So those, that's it. So it wasn't like I went out on, on a mountain and meditated. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to be an artist. So there was <laughs> like, you know, and I kind of, I know that sometimes I tell the story, I make it sound that way. Well, when 9-11 happened, that's when I decided to become an artist. And it really wasn't exactly such a clear cut path. Um, when I, and when I first started selling, it was, we had this conversation before, and I know that you wanted me to, to include this. Um, I, I got my start mostly as a portrait artist. And that was something that I found people really wanted and were drawn to because especially when people are feeling vulnerable, like in post 9-11, after the terrorist attack, people are feeling their mortality, which is something that I know people are feeling right now during this time. Mm -hmm. You agree with that? Oh, totally. Yeah. Just looking at what's important and what's not and reassessing values and where they've spent their time and where they want to spend their time in the future. Totally. So selling portraits was almost like a, a no brainer, which saying it out loud, it almost feels like really, but people wanted to preserve their life after death, their mortality. So it was creating a sense of immortality for themselves and their children by capturing that moment in time. But I feel also what's so important, Christy, is for people who are in creative art, creative art pursuits, that during this time, it is an ex also an existential crisis that's going on for people. It's not just a health crisis mm -hmm. because of we're feeling our own sense of mortality right now. So that is why right now people need art more than ever. People need music more than ever they they need these creative expressions more than ever because that's how we make sense of our world yeah and i had a previous guest that um also would agree with you and said that it helps us connect with our souls and to have a divine connection exactly exactly because it's kind of like art and music is what makes meaning in life. And right now, when you're having an existential crisis, when you're having a, a pandemic where we feel that we don't feel safe in the world, it helps us feel connected to life. It helps us feel connected to each other. Yeah. 
You know, I also noticed too, the word pandemic, it's like, just take out the N-D-E-M and it's a panic. It's a global panic. Oh my gosh. Right. You know? Yes. And, and, and it's a panic in every way. I mean, um, when you can really go inward, um, then you can be calm and you can be still and you can reflect. But if up until now, you've been very externally motivated or um, externally distracted with the soccer games or the theater or the movies or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden that's all cut out. Um, what are you left with? You're left with you. And yeah. some of us haven't spent that time just with ourselves, just with our family and really being present and mindful of the moment. That's so true. That's so powerful. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, this time, this, this time of rest that we really are all are having, um, uh, not, you know, some of our, we're, we're still working, right. We're still working from home. I don't mean it that way. I just mean a rest from all the other hustle and bustle that we can, we can take that forward and really create a new world after, after we're out of this, you know, it's, it's like a rebirthing of who we want to be, who, what we want to value, um, what we're here to do. And, um, like you're saying, people are looking at their more own mortality, right? It's kind of like, if you were on your deathbed, what would you be, what would you be regretting that you didn't do? And, right. and it's not extra episodes of tiger King. No, it's not. <laughs> That's another distraction from the real work, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I, we tried. Did you watch that yet? That, uh, no. No, I, we tried it and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't see what people see in this show. And my son reported back, no, no, you had to give it an extra 10 minutes. It's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it was a pleasure to have you here today, Miriam. Um, can you please tell people how they can get to know you and your work a little bit better? And then why don't you also finish us off with your final final thought or final message? Yes, thank you, Christy. So it was a definitely a pleasure being here and I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, so first of all, if you wanted that list of 10 affirmations, you can grab that at shulmanart.com, shulmanart.com. Uh, shulmanart.com forward slash calm. I hope you have a good editor, good, good audio editor. <laughs> no, yeah, no worries. It'll be in okay. the show notes. <laughs> okay. It'll be in the show notes. Um, and so that I just asked for, you know, your email, it's totally free though, but without even giving your email, if you're a podcast listener, if you like what I had to say today, please come find me. I have the Inspiration Place podcast. It is for creatives. We talk about not how to paint though. We talk about how to manage your mind because it takes a tremendous lot of courage, as we said, to be a creative person. And I do bring on a lot of business experts onto my podcast as well. So we talk about how to build your business as well as how to manage your mind around that. Love it. Great. All right. And what's your final thought? Let's, let's leave everyone on a high note. Yes. So I think what's really important for everyone to remember is that knowing what, what gives a lot of anxiety right now is you, you, you don't know what's going to happen, but the truth is 
in general, it's really a false sense of security that we know what's going to happen week to week. We never know what's happening week to week. That that is something a reality that you have to accept. That the only moment you you can be sure of is right now, the present moment. So, when you feel yourself um, sliding into anxious thoughts, bring yourself into this present moment. Focus on your breath. If you don't like to do affirmations, that's fine. But you just can focus on breathe in, breathe out. Bring yourself right into the present moment because that's the only thing we can ever be sure of. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.